Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Pasuk Tesavov in Perakhes 8.15 Vishibachti ani es hasimcha, and I've praised rejoicing, Asher ein tov la'adam, that there is not good for man, tachas hashemesh, under the sun, ki'im lecho v'lishtos v'lismach, other than to eat and to drink and to rejoice. Vehu yilvenu va'amolo, and that will accompany him in his toil, yimei of the days of his life, asher nosan lo ha'elohim, that were given to him by God, Tachas Hashomesh, under the sun. Let's see how Targum explains this verse. Vishabochis ana, and I praised, Yas Chedvas Oraiso, the rejoicing of the Torah. Targum introduces over here which rejoicing? It's referring to the rejoicing of the light, enlightenment of the divine will. Arum leis tav for there is no good for man, ba'almadain, in this world, techos shimsha, under the sun, arum elohain, other than, lemechal ulemishte ulemechade, to eat and to drink and to rejoice, betorche, in his toil, uvechulke, and his lot, disyihivis lei, that has been given to him, min shemaya, from heaven, veloyoshit yode, and he should not draw forth his hand. Velo yoshit yade. And he should not stretch out his hand. Bachatofin. To grab. Veonisa. And forcing. Vehu yalvine. And this will accompany him. Lemishlam la'almahu. To have a completion in that world. Vikabel aga shalim. And he will receive a complete reward, al torche, for the toil, di torach, that he toiled, bishlamusa, in its completion, kol yome chayohi, all the days of his life, dihavle adonai, that were given to him by God, baalmahadein in this world, tochos shimsha under the sun. So Targum is understanding the verse in multiple fashions over here, he starts with saying, which praise did King Solomon extol? Which rejoicing? He is extolling the value of rejoicing of the Torah. Rejoicing chedvas oraisa. That's the first part. Which rejoicing is true rejoicing in this world? Very important point. In this world, Ba'al-Mahadein, Techoz Shimsha, this world, under the sun. How, how does this connect? He, he starts off talking about Chedvah the rejoicing of the Torah. That is what he's praising. And then he says, Arum, Les Tavle Enosh, Ba'al-Mahadein, Techoz Shimsha, there is no good in this world, under the sun, other than to eat and drink and rejoice. In the toiling of his lo- and in his lot, 
his toiling and his lot that he has been given by God. So when he talks about eating and drinking, it sounds like he's learning that in a straightforward shot interpretation of eating and drinking, that a person should rejoice in his lot, including what he has been given physically, whatever lot he has been given by God, his role in life, his, his mission in life, his toil in life, Adam la'amal yula, the person is born to toil, that toil is part of his lot that he should rejoice in, that this is his unique mission. And the rejoicing in that is connecting to what he's been given as a gift of God. The corollary of that, whether it be his portion in the Torah, the rejoicing of the extent of divine knowledge he's able to glean through his toil, the gifts, physical gifts even, eating and drinking, the corollary of that is if he's truly rejoicing in his lot, he's not going to be grabbing or forcing Yes, he will be toiling, but he will not be extending himself in a manner that is pushing against the appreciation of what he's been given. If somebody is forcing or pushing, grabbing to take what's not really been given to them, so by definition, they are not satisfied with their lot. So the lack of satisfaction, the lack of rejoicing in what they've been given will be manifest in these activities that are against the will of God. So if he does have the rejoicing in his lot within the Torah, in his lot with eating and drinking, whatever he has been given, all of his gifts, his talents, and rejoicing in the toil, it doesn't mean that he's not meant to work. Of course he needs to work. But he's differentiated between work and inappropriate attempts to take what's not his. That is coming from a place where he doesn't feel a sense of content, contentness with his lot. He will, he will exert himself to actualize his gifts and if he appreciates them he will not extend to grab or to force the taking of what not what has not been given to him and this this is something that could apply to the spiritual as well not just eating and drinking but the rejoicing in the Torah each person is meant to toil in the to the best of their ability to understand God's will, to understand the Torah. But not everybody's portion in the Torah is identical. In fact, everybody has their own unique portion. And the rejoicing in the Torah is also connected to a sense of setting for himself up the toil within the Torah that is legitimately his, without grabbing or pushing or seeking knowledge of, even within the Torah, aspects that are not 
part of his lot. They say about the Vilna Gon that the greatest challenge of his personal experience was to not endeavor to understand aspects of God that were beyond him. To hold himself back from trying to understand areas, like the Mishnah says in Chagiga, a person needs to understand limitations of what they can grasp. Before, after, things that are not part of their world, that they can't really relate to, are not part of their purview. Even if it is part of the divine reality. A person needs to stick to their lot. And the Vilna Gon was one of the most aggressively curious individuals in history, felt it as a challenge to hold himself back from pursuing the knowledge of that which wasn't really given to him. A person needs to rejoice in their lot, in the Torah as well, as well as their physical gifts. And there will be adequate reward, complete reward, for the toil. If a person toils properly, working within their gifts, they will receive a complete reward. So there will be rejoicing, and there will be reward. Let's see how Rashi explains it. And I've praised rejoicing. That a person should be content and rejoice in his lot. And toil in the Torah that bring rejoicing to the heart. The commandments that are straight. person who toils, strives to learn and fulfill the Torah, is filled with joy, rejoicing. A person has a drive. A human being has a drive. A person cannot allow themselves to be drawn after and to pursue the mindless acquisition of wealth. That will draw a person towards prohibited activities, like charging usurious interest and theft. If a person has a pathological drive for acquisition, if that's what they set up for themselves as a goal, what's going to hold them back from fulfilling that goal if there are means to increase their wealth that are against the Torah, if that is the goal he sets for himself, so he will not necessarily be held back by the restrictions the Torah places on it. If that's his, his overriding goal, the amassment of wealth. Like what Targum says, if a person is not satisfied with their lot, they will be drawn into chatofin, Vanisa, grabbing and forcing. So rejoicing in one's lot and in the Torah, Rashi puts together, similar to Targum, are critical not just for the rejoicing, but it is praiseworthy. It will provide a person with protection from what otherwise could present as a strong temptation. If a person is not satisfied and has a drive towards acquisition, without limit, 
if that is what they have as their overriding desire, it will be a big challenge for them to hold back from pursuing that desire even through illegal means. So the, there's a praise within the rejoicing, within the satisfaction in one thought. All who are not rejoicing in their lot, vishot of acher hamamon, and rushes after money, now he says a, a very strong categorical claim. Anyone who is not rejoicing in their lot and is rushing after money will come into the grip of the sins of theft, overcharging, usury, various prohibitions that will, by definition, inhibit his ability to run after, rush after that money. And one who does not rejoice in his lot, his lot also encompasses in a marital sense. His wife is not satisfied with his lot. He can be drawn after other attractions that will ensnare him in the violation of adultery. So a person's lot incorporates the total picture of the gifts of God. Like the very beginning of Sota talks about before a person is born, 40 days before, a baskal comes out. This field will be for so-and-so. Bas ploni. This woman will be for so-and-so. This is all part of a person's lot. A person's not satisfied. That lack of satisfaction will lead to illicit attempts to achieve what is not really theirs. Lechol vilishtos. To eat and to drink. From that which he has been graced with by the Holy One, blessed be he. He will rejoice in it, whether it's an exquisite, sumptuous meal or a simple meal, by virtue of the fact that this is by the grace of the Holy One, blessed be he. This is what God has deemed his lot. This is a gift from God. That itself creates a sense of rejoicing and appreciation and satiation with this portion, irrespective of an evaluation of what is out there. Are there more fancy things out there? Yes. Are there less fancy things out there? Yes. It's all irrelevant. His satiation with his lot is put into focus by the fact that this is by the grace of the Holy One, blessed be He. So what he's eating and he's drinking, he can appreciate this is the gift of God for me, personally. And to rejoice in his lot. Umedrish Agada, Umedrish in Koheles, Koheles Rabo, Ches Tezayim, all eating and drinking that is referenced in 
the book of Ecclesiastes. Eino Elo Talmutera. They all are a metaphor for the study of Torah, of divine enlightenment. Ke'enyan shenamar, lechu shivru ve'echolo. As it says in Isaiah 55.1, go and take sustenance and eat. What is the eating? The verse says, without a price, without a cost, it's referring to divine wisdom, the Word of God. So we find that food and drink is a metaphor for Dvar Hashem, for Talmud Torah. Vehu yilvenu, and it will accompany him. Ischaber imo, will fuse with him. This sense of rejoicing will fuse with him. Ki'inin shenamar, as it says, further in Yeshaya, Isaiah 58, 8. And your righteousness will go before you. It will be before him. It will be part of his identity. This rejoicing. The days of his life that have been given to him by God, Yasekach. Esofa Mukramosov al Rosha. Mukramasurso. So Rashi is explaining that the end of the verse is going back to the beginning. And the verse is a partial verse. It's it's cut short. It's not actually phrasing in its entirety the idea meant to be conveyed. There's no good for man in the days of his life, that have been given to him by God, other than to eat and to drink and to rejoice. And this will accompany him in his toil. The rejoicing will attach itself to him, fuse with him through the toil. He will not be broken by the challenges that he is faced with. A person needs to overcome, to toil, and to achieve in this world. But that sense of satisfaction and rejoicing that this is his lot, this is his gift from God, will give him the support and sustain him, the resilience as he faces those challenges in life. Let's see the Mitzudah's David. Vishibachti ani esasimcha. And I have praised rejoicing. Mishibachni es inyin hasimcha. I praise the matter of rejoicing. Asher ein tov adam ba'olam. That there is no good for man in the world. Kim lecho vilishtos kavas nasho other than to eat and drink in accordance with the desires of his soul. 
What is good for man in this world? Good is completion, is wholeness, the fulfillment of what is lacking. So the rejoicing over that fulfillment is the goodness of this world. Vilismach al yoda, and to rejoice through its hand. Ki ha'achilo vashtia mevim esasemcha. Because eating and drinking bring forth rejoicing. Brings forth a sense of contentment. Happiness. Vua semcha ischaber imo. And this rejoicing will attach to him be'es yamo at the time of his toil. Leval yitzar harbe b'tarech ha'ama. In order to not be pained in an overwhelming fashion through the toil that he must endure. So if a person has their needs, they know they need to have food and drink. Of course, there are other needs a person has. Shelter, whatever their needs are. There's a, a need to toil to achieve that. The rejoicing in the fulfillment of those needs, that satisfaction will help a person to put in perspective the toil. That the toil is part of what he needs to do to achieve that fulfillment. It is not something that, it, that is crushing. The toil is part of the package, and he has it within the framework of the simcha, of the rejoicing, of the fulfillment. Yimechai, of the days of his life, simcha yischaber imo ba'amolo, the rejoicing will attach with him in his toil, of all the days of his life, that were given to him by God, to live in this world. So Matsudas is learning in very pashat, straightforward interpretation of the verse, in this world. This is something that a person should endeavor to incorporate into their world perspective. Kol Yimechayev, meaning all the days of his life, this is all part of what has been given to him by God to live in this world. So his needs for food and drink and to toil for that food and drink is all part of what he's been given by God. There is purpose in this. It's, it's meaningful if it has been given to him by God. Let's see the Ibn Ezra. Vishibachti, and I've praised. Then I praised rejoicing. For there is no good for man other than eating and drinking. And the explanation of Yilveno va'amolo shall accompany him in his toil. Will accompany him this matter that he will rejoice and enjoy. So if a person, the, the Ibn Ezra is, is looking at the object of the, the goal, what brings about the rejoicing and the enjoyment. 
having that in one's sights will accompany a person through the toil to his benefit. If somebody's working towards a goal and they have that goal in mind, so that will help them through the toil. The goal. He is focused less on the rejoicing or satiation or even the enjoyment, but more on the the object of what he seeks. A similar idea to what we saw in Mitzvah's David. Let's see this far now. And I've praised rejoicing. That a person should rejoice in their lot. When a person achieves from the temporal matters, that which is necessary, that is adequate for him. A person achieves that which he needs it fulfills a purpose. Who will then? This will accompany him. Kibo yasig es hashlemos, through the acquisitions of what he needs, he will achieve shlemos, wholeness, completion. Hamachuvin, that is intended, beiunavamaisa through the investigation, inquiry of the Torah, of the Divine Will, and through the actualization, the deeds that come forth from that inquiry. The Torah has to be learning to fulfill. One has to learn, one has to fulfill. When one achieves the food, drink, shelter, whatever person needs, to fulfill the needs towards their purpose, Torah and Maisim Tovim, even Maisa, if a person is rejoicing in their lot that they have achieved and been given, then it will accompany him. Velo Yavid's Mano Lahasig Mosros. And they will be protected. It will not it will not be a circumstance that they will get derailed, that they will lose and waste their time and efforts to the acquisition and attainment of frivolous things, of extras. If a person has their focus on their purpose and genuinely appreciates the achievement of what they need towards that purpose, if that's all part of their purview and their experience, they will be protected from frivolous pursuits just to acquire more. Besides what we saw in Targum and Rashi of a pathological pursuit that will lead a person towards violation of the Torah, like stealing, overcharging, charging interest, Besides that, if a person wastes their time, they will lose their most precious time in the pursuit of something that's extraneous to their purpose. 
So by rejoicing and appreciating, I've been given this food, this drink, this fulfillment of my needs towards the purpose of Eon and Maisa, Torah, and fulfilling the actualization of the Torah. So then there'll be a clarity that'll prevent wasteful expenditures. Let's see the Talumus Chachma. And I've praised rejoicing. This is following on the heels of the previous verse, describing what appears incomprehensible, a contradiction to what we know to be divine justice, the appearance of the righteous suffering or the wicked experiencing sustained goodness, we don't have the full picture. We don't see enough and have access to enough to currently grasp how divine justice is being implemented. So a person is, if, if a person delves into these type of inquiries, he's going to be frustrated. The fulfillment of divine justice is not something that happens within the time frame or within the purview of our existence and it should not lead a person to anguish as a challenge against the Holy One, Blessed Be He. For these matters, the delving into, trying to grasp the depth of these things. It's very good to leave them as something that is received, that a person can accept a person should not trouble the intellect to be saddened with the challenges that he sees that seem to be an affront to his sensibility of justice. And that is why following the heels of the perception of injustice, King Solomon tells us that I have praised rejoicing. A person who does not set his heart to delve into and seek the resolution of divine justice, his heart will rejoice. If a person does set his heart's goal to comprehend divine justice, and he's stymied, something that he cannot actually understand, and he won't achieve it, he will be saddened and deeply troubled by these contrasts. The wicked succeeding, 
prospering, and the righteous suffering. Therefore I praise one who does not give his heart to investigate with his intellect things that cannot be comprehended by him. Invest one's energies, one's intellect in things that can be apprehended. Other than to eat and drink and rejoice. These are the things that are prepared before him. Because eating and drinking, these are parables for toiling in Torah. As the verse states in Mishle, Tesei, Lachu, Achmu, Bilachmi, Ushsu Yain, Masachti, Go and sustain yourself with my bread, drink with wine that has been mixed, prepared. What is the object of this bread and wine? The food and drink, says the Thomas Chachma, this is a parable, a metaphor for the toiling in Torah. And that we also saw Rashi assert, and it really is the Medrash, Gohalus Rabbah, right here. And it will accompany him in his toil. Hainu, ki hatera the mitzvahs masios. That is because the Torah, in practical fulfillment of the divine will that he toils in, accompanies him all the days of his life, to guard him because of the toil that he toils. What is the base on the word Ba'amalo? It doesn't mean in his toil, but it means for the sake of his toil. That the toil will be something of value as a source of protection. It will guard him. The value that he has achieved through the toiling in Torah will accompany him and protect him all the days of his life. That is his job. His job is to toil. By fulfilling that job, he is worthy of the protection for having fulfilled his job. He will be protected all the days of his life because of the toil that he toiled, the legitimate and worthy toil, the fulfilling toil that will yield protection because it is protecting, it is something he deserves by virtue of actualizing what he is meant to do towards fulfilling the divine will. So if, if he toils and he fulfills the divine will that way, he is given protection. Let's see the Medrash. The Medrash does, as we mentioned, speak at this marshal, the parable. And I praised rejoicing. Amar Rebbe Tanchuma, Amar Rebbe Nachman, Bereder of Shmuel, Bar Nachman, Rebbe Menachemo 
Okay, who exactly said this? A little bit controversial. Somebody said this. Every eating and drinking, that is mentioned in this scroll, what is the eating and drinking? It is a metaphor for engaging in Torah, enlightenment of the divine will, and the fulfilling of good deeds. Amar Rebbe Yonah. Rebbe Yonah says, Binyan Av Shebekula. That is true throughout the entire scroll of Ecclesiastes. But where is the first primary source among all of them that really drives home the point. This is a bininav, is, is a template from which we draw extensions to every other instance, is this verse. Shenamar, as the verse says here, the hu yilveno va'amolo, and it will accompany him in his toil. Bi'olamo, in his world, olamazet, in this world. Yimechayov, what does it mean the days of his life? Lakever, after he's already buried. And is there eating and drinking in the grave? That accompany a person to the grave? There's no such thing. A person is beyond the needs of food and drink in the grave. Rather, what is the food and drink that accompany a person beyond his toil in this world? To Yemei to the days of his life, beyond, after he dies, the food and drink that accompanies him beyond is Torah and Maisim Tovim. Toiling in Torah and fulfilling the divine will through his deeds, that is what sustains him, like food and drink in this world, in the world to come, in Yemei the days of his life. Let's see Pasuk Tezayim, verse 16. When I have given my heart to know wisdom, and to see the matter, that is done on this earth, for also by day and by night, sleep in his eyes, he doesn't see. Let's see how Targum explains this verse. Kemodi Yoivas, like, is given, Yaslavavi, my heart, the Minda Chuchmasoresa, to know the wisdom of enlightenment, Lumechaze, Yas Gavon, Deis Avid Al Aro, and to see that which transpires on the world. Or even the wise that go forth to toil in the Torah and to find wisdom. They toil. For even by day, they shall not rest. And at night, 
Shinsa be'enohi lo chazeh. Sleep in their eyes, they shall not see. So the way Targum is explaining this Pasuk is focusing on the tremendous demands of Amolo. The previous verse is talking about toil and the importance of a sense of satisfaction towards orienting oneself to the right arenas of toil. Nonetheless, now focusing back on the toil, he's saying that the actual degree of toil necessary to really glean the wisdom of Torah and understand what transpires in the world is a huge demand. By day and by night, a person has to be essentially investing all of their energies that they can towards this knowledge to be successful. Don't think that although he's just praised rejoicing and satiation with one's lot, that that implies a lackluster focus on drive to achieve. Not at all. To actually be successful, the way Targum is explaining this verse, is there is a relentless need by day and by night to achieve the wisdom in the Torah and to know what transpires in this world. Let's see how Rashi explains it. When I gave my heart, this example, this instance of the word kasher, does not mean an example. As was done, so shall be done. That's an example. So this kasher is not used in that sense. Rather, this means the wording of time, meaning when. When Joseph came. When they concluded their meal. So here the kasher means zman, when. When I gave my heart to know the wisdom. When I gave my heart to know and pursue. Then I saw all the deeds of God. Meaning, it is his lot, but it's only actualized and achieved through this tremendous toil. Then he was given, he was privy to the perception of all of the deeds of God. It's remarkable. Shena, sleep. Shena, be'enov enenaroa. The sleep in his eyes he will not see. Rashi interprets this verse not like Targum. It's not describing the degree of toil necessary for success. But here in the second part of the verse, it's describing the wicked. The wicked who rush after the acquisition of wealth Arias, illicit relationships. Let's see how Rashi reads that into the verse. For also by day and by night, 
sleep in his eyes, he doesn't see. Who is the one that doesn't see? The wicked. The wicked who is sleeping will not see. Although the one who has given his heart to know the wisdom and to see the wondrous works of God will succeed in that with great toil. In contrast, the wicked will not see. Also by day and by night. They're consumed with a passion for money, illicit relationships, and they won't see. They're not privy to this gift, this divine gift. They'll be obscured, just like somebody who's sleeping doesn't see with his eyes. He has eyes, but they're not functional. They're not working right. He's sleeping. He won't see. So he's wicked and he's alive. But Although he's alive, he's like one who is dead. He has eyes, but he doesn't see. By day and by night. He is toiling. We toil and they toil. But his toil will not give him the Chachma, will not give him Chachma Soraisa. He's not going to achieve the perception of the wonders of God. His eyes are not functional to perceive that. He set himself up for essentially frivolous pursuits and blinded himself towards the perception of what he should be able to perceive. That's the, the tragic consequence of the wicked. Let's see this far now. When I gave my heart to know wisdom, and this I praised, when I turned towards investigation, and I realized, I saw that there was a great need for huge expenditures of effort and toil. Lirus es to see the matter, that is done under the, the sun, and similarly, I turned to look at the great degree of, of work and time necessary to pursue luxuries and the toil for one's temporal needs. It's also a lot. For also by day and by night, sleep in his eyes. One who increases his toil, towards the needs of this world. Nirdom Tomid, he is always in a slumber. Mizbonin el Shum Shlemas Nitzri, towards contemplating any facet of the wholeness of his eternity. Biosa Sogos Hamosros, Dovar Bilti Mugbal.
because there's no actual end towards the acquisition of that which is not necessary. It's all not necessary, and it continues being not necessary. Where does he stop? It, it, it's an endless pursuit. There's always another number. Add another zero. Enenu roe doesn't see. Bofen sheenenu roe mahu atov In a manner that he doesn't see that which is completely good at all. He, he's sleeping in a deep slumber, unable to see the true absolute good. Let's see the Talumas Chachma. Kashanasati Slibi, and I have given my heart. Hatam Shanim Shabeach Esabilti Matik, Hioskiani Hu Ashenosan Li Karshbarhu Chachma, Nasati Alibi. The reason that I praise the one who doesn't plumb the depths of trying to grasp divine justice. That is because where God has given me the capacity to gain insight and wisdom, that is where I've placed my heart. That is what I've set out as my pursuit. And it's, it doesn't mean that there's no possibility of gain or improvement in his comprehension, but that's not really where his efforts should be directed. If a person is driven so much in his heart to pursue and investigate to the point that he does not see in his heart sleep in his eyes, he will become bleary-eyed, as it were, uh, incapable of, of making further progress, and the toil is endless. So a person has to be economical and focus his efforts at what is at hand, what is the task that he really should set out for himself, which Talmud Chachma says is the Torah and Mitzvahs.